they said, are you really Diamond? And I was like, yeah, you know, like for me, I'm like, this is no big deal. Like, what does it matter? And so I ended up getting their contact information and I played them and I was able to take games off of them. And they were pros at the time. They're assigned to teams. And because of that experience, they asked me to not just join teams. I had offers because of that. In addition, I was able to be introduced to Justin TV at the time. Justin TV created Twitch TV, and it was a subsidiary of Justin TV. And eventually that kicked off to be bigger, and now we have Twitch TV. They said, you know, I, I bet you're the best woman in the world. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go through that. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. Could you state your full name and three or four sentences about who you are and what you do? Hi, my name is Trisha Segita, and I am the CEO of FlyQuest. I have been working in esports for over a decade now, and my goal is to build a new type of esports organization that reflects my core values of kindness, grace, and strength. I want to uh, take it back to like where this love of gaming started. And I was wondering if you could talk about how your brothers got you into like the competitive side of gaming. My brothers are 14 and 10 years older than me. And my competitiveness stemmed from them, not just in esports or through gaming, but just in life. You know, being the little sister, I was never treated like a little princess by them. They were always no mercy and taught me things the, the hard way. And so I have always been competitive since I can remember. I've always wanted to beat them. I wanted to be like them and I wanted to be better. And this comes out of love, you know, in no way do I, do I dislike my brothers. I love them and I think that's what drove me to be better is because I admired them so much and I respected them. When it came to gaming, I had the opportunity to compete with them in a way that I've never been able to compete with them previously. And I think this is due to my strength, my size, and my age. When we used to wrestle and they used to tickle me to death, it's not like I could really get out of anywhere. Uh, one of my brothers was varsity football player, varsity wrestling. My other brother did weightlifting. So you can imagine that they were very strong and there was no way for me to to escape <laughs> when they were quote, yeah, like torturing me. Yeah, but when you were gaming, the, yeah. the, the level, like the playing field was leveled a bit. Yes. So I think it first came with card games. So they used to have me deal, <laughs> this sounds funny, but they used to have me deal poker, uh, be the dealer and do blackjack and all these things with their friends. And at this time when I was little, one of them was in high school and the other one was in college. So I was not just playing with my older brothers, but all of their friends. And when Nintendo was around, they also made it tough for me. And they used to give me a controller that wasn't plugged in or they would plug it in and switch it. Uh, they would do all these sorts of things or be like, see, look at your playing. And I'm like, dude, I'm going left. And why is it going right? Like I am jumping. As I got older, I got more clever and realized the facade that they were 
you know, um, showcasing. And I just played you in Street Fighter. I eventually was able to beat them consistently and all of their friends. So when they would come over, they'd be like, oh my God, play my little sister, Trisha. And when my brothers moved on to PC games and I played every RTS from Age of Empires to Command and Conquer, Warcraft. I loved all of those games, but Starcraft was the game that I really committed all of my time. And I, and when I would play against them, uh, I would tell them like, dude, you're a noob. Like you, you're not even good. You guys have been saying you're good all this time, but you're not good. You don't even play on battle that you're just playing campaign games. Um, and that's really <laughs> where my love of gaming stemmed because I was able to exceed in that and I was able to excel even against, you know, the online community, so that was nice. Seems like you were just destroying everyone around you. Uh, and so I want to go towards your first esports convention, uh, your, your first BlizzCon in, in 2011. Yes. So while I liked to do a lot of the things that boys would normally do and attend games like that, I was also very... Uh, into just all the things that women are into and makeup and everything else. And my sister-in-law was influence on me on that. So going to BlizzCon was something that while I had interest in sports and gaming, it was very new to me because I wasn't attending events like that where it's predominantly males. That was very eye-opening for me. I was used to doing things with my girlfriends or, you know, mix with my boy, uh, guy friends and girlfriends. And so I only went with two of my college buddies and I didn't know what it was. They're like, I got tickets. Let's go. There's this BlizzCon thing. I'm like, what is BlizzCon? BlizzCon 2011. Blizzard Entertainment's epic gaming convention is back and online. Be part of the excitement October 21st and 22nd as Blizzard and DirecTV. They're like, dude, you play StarCraft. Like, it's by Blizzard. I was like, okay, what what does that mean? They're like, people dress up. And that's where I learned about cosplaying and and tournaments. I followed because I used to watch uh, YouTube clips, I think, back then, or GOM TV and watch all of the Korean StarCraft scene. But I wasn't aware that it was popularized in America. So going to BlizzCon was exciting for me, but also I didn't know what to expect. And while I loved the convention itself, the core memory I have was actually outside of BlizzCon. So outside of BlizzCon, some teams were, or a team was putting together an event, a community tournament, if you will, where you can meet the pros, you can play against them, whatever this this event. Um, and at the activation was offsite in one of the hotels by BlizzCon at the convention center. And my friends wanted to go, they wanted to see the players and they're like, well, let's see what this is about. Let's get ingrained into the community. I'm like, okay, that's exciting. And the first thing I remember was walking in and they had a projector screen and two computers uh, side by side and there were two women playing uh, and they had a coach behind them and the coaches were players. We sat down and everybody was already laughing um, and the players were on mics and they were telling them what to do. These women have never played StarCraft, it looked like. And they're like, this is how you play. You mine each other's minerals. Everyone ha was having a blast and laughing. And I totally get that was entertaining. But for me, my competitive side was like, what is this? This is so silly. Like, they are not even playing StarCraft. And also, I don't think that they would, they would present this 
seen, if you will, if they were men. And after the match ended, they're like, okay, who's next? And my friends actually put their hands up. And at that time, this is when StarCraft II had just come out, I believe. And at that moment at BlizzCon, the highest rank was Diamond. So uh, Masters wasn't out, Grandmasters wasn't out in, in the ELO. And they were, they said, oh, she's Diamond. Like, let, let her play. Like, let her be next. And they volunteered me. And all of the audience laughed. <laughs> they thought my friends were, were joking. And they're like, ha, huh? like, she's Diamond. Like, good one. And that really fired me up. Because that's know? like I, a I really hard rank <laughs> to get to, Diamond, right? Yeah, that was the highest rank at the time. And I don't remember if I, it's been so long. I don't remember if it was like top eight at the time if they had that. But I was at least the highest rank, which was Diamond. And so that's why everyone thought they were joking. And because of that, I didn't end up playing because I was like, what? what is this? I'm so confused. Like, why is this funny? You know, I, I don't understand. I met some of the team and then the players because they came afterwards after this was finished. They said, are, are she really diamond or are you really diamond? And I was like, yeah, you know, like for me, I'm like, this is no big deal. Like, what does it matter? And so I ended up getting their contact information and I played them and I was able to take games off of them. And they were pros at the time. They were assigned to teams. And because of that experience, it was all a blessing in disguise. Of course, you know, I... I held my own and I called them out too. I'm like, <laughs> uh, they asked me to not just join teams. I had offers because of that. Um, but in addition, I was able to be introduced to Justin TV at the time. Justin TV created Twitch TV and it was a subsidiary of Justin TV. And Justin TV was a wide scope of live streaming and then Twitch TV was more focused into gaming. And eventually that kicked off to be bigger and now we have Twitch TV. So I streamed because of their encouragement. They said, you know, I, I bet you're the best woman in the world uh, skill-wise and you should stream. This is 2011, so it was very different than now. You couldn't make millions of dollars or have millions of subscribers, and it was an odd thought, you know. I were you never, like, 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 can I even make a living or make money doing this? Like, you know, oh, I'm gonna stream, and so it wasn't even that. It was more that I just to be proposed of this idea of me putting myself out there and streaming and having a live webcam on me and people would watch me play games. I know that sounds so, so, like it's so normalized now and I couldn't imagine thinking that's odd now. But at that time, I was a bit perplexed and I thought, what will my parents think? <laughs> so I think I'm Asian and we have like, they are more strict normally of when I shared with them, they're like, you're going to what? You're going to stream yourself on webcam privately in your own room? Like, what are you doing? And I ended up doing it because uh, a little bit of background context at that time. Uh, well, in 20. In 2009, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, uh, and when he was diagnosed, he it was just very abrupt, and he came back home. And I uh, still remember, uh, trying not to get emotional, my mom just crying, just bawling when she opened the door through the garage, and I came out, and I'm of course saying like, "What's wrong?" Uh, 
and they didn't tell me for a bit, you know, it just took a while to, to say something. And eventually my dad told me that he had three months to live and he was diagnosed with cancer and it was beyond uh, repair. And so that context is helpful because my dad actually fought through it um, despite all odds and lived two years instead of three months. And so during that time of, sorry, I'm not trying to get emotional, but during that time uh, of me deciding to stream in uh, 2011 and BlizzCon, I took the opportunity of being able to stream. I took that idea and I actually was inspired to create my own channel because I wasn't feeling well. Uh, to use it as my platform to do good in the world and to hopefully make other people happy and to make a community where it would be all about gratitude and kind of create a prototype of paradise on earth, if you will, like that that, that was my channel and, and use that to make a safe community and always be grateful and just be a place where of happiness and positivity. And so that was actually what gave me the push. I thought, wow, what a great opportunity to connect with other people because I know I'm not feeling well and I'm sure other people are going through hardships. And this is not just for people who are, you know, broken or going through roadblocks in their life. This is for anybody who, who, who hopefully will join my channel of a place of love and gratitude and prototype of paradise on earth where we can try to make other people happy and I can do that through this medium so th that's what really led me to make the decision to, to stream and and make my stream a first of its kind honestly Can you tell me a little bit how the uh, your like channel grew and lead me, I guess, up to FlyQuest um, and, and starting that? So initially when I started the channel, it was me streaming StarCraft. And when I streamed, that was when Masters was the highest and I always kept top eight Masters. Uh, Masters was highest rank and I did that on NA. And I faced some criticism where people thought, well, she's only Masters an NA because it's NA. So I actually got What's NA? In, uh, North America, excuse me. Yeah, the North American server. And so they thought there's no way you can get that in EU, the European server, because players are better there. So I actually got an account there, worked my way up and also got top eight masters in EU. Then the criticism was, well, so in StarCraft, you can play three different races, Terran, Zerg and Protoss, and I main Terran. And, you know, people always debate about which one is more OP, which one is imbalanced, which one has benefits or whatever it is. And I was like, okay, if people only think that I'm Masters, top eight Masters because I'm Terran, then I streamed a whole marathon of me doing it with Protoss and Zerg, and I achieved it all. And that's so just again been... and again, like people are like, oh, she's only good because she's essentially like not playing the real game. And yeah, every she's time not playing the real game, the real wrong. server against easier people, or because she has advantage because of the game mechanics she picked due to the race she plays, whatever the thing is. And I've always been one to, I love challenges. So proving people wrong, just breaking the status quo. So I think that drive translated to also my stream of how can I build a community? Because my drive, as you remember, was always to make people happy and to be a place of gratitude. And I wanted that to build beyond just my digital channel or my Twitch stream, but also what else can I do to bring connectivity to all of my fans who are so supportive? I mean, when even when I wasn't streaming, my chat was still live. 
Yeah, how big was your community at this point? So I think at the highest, I was getting like 2,000 concurrents. Wow. And Twitch now, that's like nothing. <laughs> at one point, I was doing uh, Bear Cups, which, which were StarCraft tournaments and eventually League of Legends tournaments, where I would give money, prizing. I would make uh, individual bear, bear packs, which were basically giveaways if you won my prize. So I would have it like a personalized letter, snacks, gifts, all those stuff. I was already kind of ahead of the influencer game, I think, looking back. And doing all these things for the community. And it was really just to thank them because they helped me get through so much. I owe it to them to be my inspiration or my muse, if you will, to be more creative, to push myself and do more for esports and in, in the community from running these tournaments, from creating bear packs or giveaways and eventually doing a Ikebana charity. So Ikebana is flower arrangement. And across the street, I had in advance made a partnership with the hospital and asked them if we can drop off these flower arrangements. I had asked if this was available to people, you know, more specifically who people had cancer because of my dad's situation. Also after my dad was uh, passed, my mom uh, was diagnosed with cancer. So all of the same goals, the same, I think the heart and my, my soul and my intention, like why I'm doing everything in esports has easily translated to everything I've done in esports and continue to do so at FlyQuest. And so if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who was entering into this, into like wanting to pursue esports as a career, what do you think that piece of advice would be? So my piece of advice would be to definitely be honest and have a purpose. Be true to your purpose and understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. So it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, a package deal, but I think the first step is really understanding your why. Like, why are you doing this? Why is this important to you? If you don't understand that, I think it's going to be very difficult to deal with challenges that come your way or to deal with the times where you're struggling with motivation. At the end of the day, no matter what is thrown at me, whatever fires I have to put out, I always have a consistent motivation of why I'm doing this. I always want to, I want to make people happy, for example. I want to use, you know, FlyQuest for good and use it as a platform to help other people. I want to serve humanity. That's always my intention and my principle since I was a little kid. Everything I do always comes back to my why, is I want to make people happy, I want to serve them. That's why I make Kibana Sensei. I hopefully want to do that through my art. Now, how and what I do it, what I do, that can be flexible, you know? And the what and the how is just as important. And that's why you need to understand who you are. And that includes your strengths and weaknesses and being self-aware, being accountable for that and being honest. Being honest means also understanding what you're not good at. It's really important to understand that and to reflect on why you've, you failed. Failure is such a great opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe rate the podcast five stars and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Don. Our chief of staff and operations is Jessica Lynn. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Irene Van Burkle, Matt Fernandez, Renee Buchanan, Sophia Donner, David Saidi, Ashley Jimenez, Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux, Sanessa Gisley, and Luis Choi. Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong, with support from 
Sarah Hobson, Cherise Tan, Harushi Kanauchi, Kristen Haglin, Aya Cortez, and Valencia Lu. Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen with support from Aiden Ashworth, Nikki Mukawa, Sylvie Wong, and Eric Mena. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand with support from Tiffany Dang, Yao Wen, and Dina Gabriel. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.